G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. A large component of medical practice is dealing with people's social and mental problems. And uh, through that process, you get to know people pretty well. And uh, one of the things is that people like, they like their doctors to be human in a sense, for their doctors to be able to perhaps share some of their own journey. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Once again, Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth join us to tell more of their story. Warren is a doctor and will share how his faith impacts his medical practice and we'll also hear how he and Janet are helping other couples by being involved in marriage ministry. Warren and Janet Thayer are chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Find out a little bit about your background, Warren. You were raised in a Christian family, or how did you become a Christian? Yes, well, I was raised in a in a Christian family. My father came to know the Lord. Um, yeah, last time we heard how yeah. it was actually your father who yeah. led your yeah. wife, your future wife, to the Lord. Yeah. But something we didn't tell you last time, and that has actually come to mind, is that I was subsequently told <laughs> that when I was six years of age. My Sunday school teacher was actually Adrian. My brother. My brother. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> now, where, where, this was in Perth or? In the same Midland, like, cause there's Midland so many, Church. Yeah, no, the same Sunday school yeah. that, yeah. that sounds I Sounds like you were in a small town to. together. Yeah. Yep. It was a, an outer suburb of Perth, at Mid, uh, Midland, uh, sort of a working class area. And my father was a pastor of the uh, Midland Methodist Church. Janet's brother was the uh, my Sunday school teacher, and um, I oh, can't wow. I can't remember, but I'm told that when I was six, uh, that I gave my life to the Lord uh, as as a as a young child uh, in this Sunday school class, and um, uh, it's like a lot of things you don't remember all, all the details, and being brought up in a Christian home, it's it's very easy for your faith in a sense to become um, very sanitized and it becomes very much uh, a cultural thing mm, or something yep. that's just passed down mm-hmm. and it wasn't until uh, much older in life that uh, my faith became real for me and um, I really started to think about the claims that Jesus had on my life and what it meant to actually be a follower of him and um so the the journey of my faith has been sort of mixed and intertwined with our marriage and mm. how we've mm. grown together as a couple and in our faith as a couple. Uh, it's been intertwined with um, how I've grown and developed a, as a as a doctor mm. uh, and in my practice. And um, so part of the life journeys that we've been on um, have been entwined very much with the, my Christian faith or, and, and how that's grown and, and changed and matured over time. 
Yes, because Warren was in his fifth year of medicine when we first married, so he still had another couple of years to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and, and we had a child nine months after getting married. That that's was, right. That was interesting when he had to do exams. Oh, Screaming wow. baby in the background. Yeah. That was... <laughs> the challenges of it life. Was. Now, <laughs> you decided to be a doctor, obviously. Yep. Did that have anything to do with your faith? Uh, look, it did, and um, I can remember coming up to my final exams just um, saying to the Lord that I would use my um, uh, my skills and abilities and so forth for him in um, whatever way that he would see fit. And um, so I've been, at times I've been a, uh, more obedient to that pledge than at other times, but um, it's... It's certainly something that I hope that will define my life and my professional life more and more as I grow older. Janet and I, we started to get involved in uh, talking at marriage conferences. Um, 2008. Yeah, and after attending a, a marriage conference. And one of the one of the things that we had to learn uh, was about looking back on our life and some of the stories and the things that had happened to us in the past and how that had shaped us as people and as Christians. And one of the um, talks that we, we give is about how easy it is for people to get caught up in a career affair. Now, what is a career affair? Well, I mean, we've heard of an affair. In affairs, and people think of the adulterous affairs, but this is actually a part of it where a career affair also can take away a lot of the time. So but, instead uh, of spending time with a mistress, a literal yeah. person. Your mistress is your career. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. Yep. So I was a, uh, a young doctor living um, with my family up in a small country town in the northwest of. Uh, uh, Western Australia, up in the Kimberley, up in Derby, and you know I was only in my late twenties, and uh, I was given an enormous amount of responsibility at times, uh, you know, running a, a regional hospital and um, supervising other doctors and making major decisions about people's lives. Uh, I was also wow, at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. I was actually yeah. seconded to the. Uh, to the Royal Flying Doctor Service and so was involved in uh, coordinating that service and going out on medical evacuation flights and so my whole life ended up being consumed by the work. Much needed in uh, yeah, that area. Yeah, and, and it was valuable and mm -hmm. um, so yeah, things were going really well there from a professional point of view but at the same time um, we were struggling with some issues in our family and our um, in my personal faith wasn't traveling very well and so I realized that despite the fact that professionally things were going well and I was actually held in in high esteem and I won an award by the health department for my work and and so forth I realized that for the sake of yeah. our marriage yeah. uh, we needed to return home to Perth. Because they offered you a lot of money to stay up there, didn't they? They did, and yeah. extra privileges and so forth. But it was it was a decision that realised that um, you know, we, we just had to make a change. And so we, we came back to Perth, and um, I had to start all over again. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. in, a, in a new practice. And, um, As the young you doctor. Did that, yeah. the, yeah. You did that for the sake of 
your marriage and for your family? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was because we realized that our marriage was just far more important than any career. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and our kids, they, they needed their dad. What do you think would have happened if you hadn't made that drastic change? Possibly. Well. Uh, Caught up with materialism, I think. <laughs> yes, and um, we've uh, grown in our in our faith, in our walk, and in our ability to serve the Lord through our local church and in the various ministries that we've been involved in. And uh, I've been able to use my uh, my work as a means of, of being able to share my faith with the people and the patients that I see from time to time. Yes, and, and that's what I want to talk to you about <laughs> next. Because people think, okay, a doctor, you're fixing broken bones, etc. Yeah. What does that have to do with faith? So how do you integrate faith in a non-creepy way? <laughs> yeah. So it's... Because, I mean, otherwise, like, hey, I'm here to get... Yeah. I have a cold, I want to get better, or I have such and such illness. What does Jesus have to do with anything? Yeah, that's right. Well... Particularly in general practice, it's very much about establishing a, a longer-term relationship where there is an element of trust that uh, develops. And whilst you, you may think that you are just talking to people on a, on a physical level all the time, um, a large component of medical practice is dealing with people's social and mental problems as well. And... Uh, through that process, you get to know people pretty well, and uh, one of the th- things is that people like they like their doctors to be human in a sense for their doctors to be able to perhaps share some of their own journey with people and it 's through that exchange and that dialogue over a period of time uh, you you 'll find the opportunity to share with people uh, things about your faith and it 's been Amazing that the times when I've actually uh, consciously prayed to the Lord before a, uh, a medical session at all, I'll just say, look, Lord, I'm here. Uh, help me to be prepared to say the words at the right time, how those opportunities, they just arise. And all you have to do as a believer in whatever occupation you're in is to just have those um like those spiritual antenna on that are just waiting. And uh, I believe the Lord does provide those opportunities to talk to people when, when they come up. You're listening to The Story. Today, Dr. Warren Thayer and his wife, Janet, are chatting with Eric Scadabo about how Warren combines his faith with his medical practice. Next, we'll hear more about that and also how both of them are helping other couples by being involved in marriage ministry. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. 
We're continuing with Eric Scatterbo chatting with Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth, Western Australia. And as we heard before the break, Warren is a doctor and has been able to have a positive impact on a number of his patients beyond his medical clinic. Look, the most memorable time is um, I uh, used to do obstetrics and so as a result, you really got to know families really well on an intimate basis. Especially the women. <laughs> and uh, so you uh, you talk about all sorts of things. And I do remember uh, one particular young couple who were struggling in their marriage. And it was at that time that this particular young couple spoke to me and confided in me that... Uh, even though I delivered their, their children and, uh, and everything seemed really good on the outside, uh, they looked like a perfect young couple and on the up and up, uh, they were struggling in their marriage and they were nearing divorce uh, or separation at that time. And uh, as it was, uh, Janet and I had uh, started to be involved in uh, running marriage conferences at that time uh, through our local church. And I just sort of plucked up the courage and sort of said, well, look, uh, we're running a marriage conference and um, I'm quite upfront about it. I tell people that it's actually presenting uh, God's plan for marriage through a, a Christian worldview. And so they... Uh, they came, yeah. and as a result, they learnt some some things about themselves and about their marriage and what they needed to do to try and uh, salvage their marriage. Did um, you speak at the conference? We, we did. We did, actually. Actually, at that one, we didn't. It was the first oh, one right. that we'd had up in Mundaring, and we didn't speak at that one, okay. but we did speak to them in the intervals. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, And so right. we got alongside them, and it was there that we from that point that we uh, then offered to whatever couples were there to do a small, what was group, called studies. A small group studies, the Together series, and just said, you know, whoever wants to come, and they said, yeah, we'll come. Mm-hmm. And so, so you were able to kind So of we were able to develop, and that them. then developed the relationship with me as well rather than just with Warren. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we both became really quite close to them. And, but it took a period of time before they actually – did come to be Christians, but they they learned through the marriage material that was being presented and the their Bible studies and their young lads, whilst they were at the Bible study, were going off to the youth group oh, that wow. the church was running because it was at the same time and it was convenient. So yeah. it became a family affair just through coming to that conference. And I think, you know, being a doctor, you have authority. I mean, yeah. you can tell some very important things about people's lives. Mm. So if somebody is like, hey, I'm confused. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm having problems in my marriage. Mm. You do have a bit of authority and you're using it for the Lord's Mm. glory. Yeah. 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 um, It's quite remarkable when you look back on it. Um, Any other stories? (laughs) Well, I've got something that I think would be very important to interject. The very couple that were our best man and bridesmaid at our wedding Rex and Swan Lee were the ones that first introduced us to, f- oh, to wow. what was then family life in yeah. 1996. Wow. That's when they first came, yeah. because they come from WA. Oh, that's and right. And so, yeah. so they they mentored me when I first became mm. a Christian, and they were in our bridal party. And now, thirty, nearly 35 years later, we're still really good friends and 
and uh, they've had a big part of it. And it's through them that we've actually become involved in this marriage ministry. And helping so, marriages for yeah. all these years. Yeah. It's just wow. so God work. These threads are yeah, just coming yeah. in all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. I could just sit here all day and hear these stories. So other people that you've had an impact on that you met in your doctor's office. Yeah, so um, I'd have to say it does require a lot of sensitivity when you're in a position of power and authority mm-hmm. that um, you can't be seen or you can't use it to manipulate people. And so you really do need to, in a sense, you have to ask permission from people to talk about these sorts of things. Because if they ask you, then, of course, you know, they see pictures and whatever you have on the wall. That's right. You have a life, and if they ask you, you can share about your life. Yeah, and at the moment, um, I'm I'm a director of a... um, of a counselling service uh, that's been set up in Western Australia called Connections Counselling WA, and um, it's a not-for-profit organisation that provides Christian counselling in the sense that it actually provides counselling from a Christian worldview, but it's available for people of any denomination, of any denomination yeah. or faith or, or non-faith. Mm-hmm. And so I'll often use that counselling service uh, to refer people to who just need help with negotiating some of the issues or the problems that they're having in their life. And so more recently, uh, there was a young woman who had been having some problems in her life and uh, uh, some failed relationships and uh, and she'd had some abuse in her life and, and so forth. And it was... Uh, uh, she'd had some exposure to church in the past, but it was really good to be able to offer this counselling service to her and uh, for me to know that um, she was going to be really well cared for mm-hmm. and that she was going to be loved and she was going to be treated as, as somebody who inherently had value uh, by a counsellor who had a Christian uh, faith themselves. And uh, you know, through that... She has uh, dealt with some of the hurts hurts and the demons and the struggles that were in her life, and that journey has seen her grow in a beautiful way. And uh, just to see her life change and her journey now is is a real, real encouragement to myself and to others. Yeah, she's become a, so, a friend of our family. Yeah. Oh, so you know her too? Yeah, yeah. She started she she started coming to our church, and, uh, and so I got to know her, and and then her her young daughter came along, and then now her son's coming has come along a few times. So it's wow. uh, that's mm, fantastic. Yeah. Mm, Unfortunately, yeah. we're running out of time, but you have been involved with marriage conference speaking, helping people's marriages informally and formally for 10, 15 years, mm. something like that. Yeah. 1996, I guess it first started back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some final words of wisdom to other married couples that you've gleaned from speaking at these conferences and think would really be helpful for younger couples. Yeah. When you go into marriage, you go into it with the, with the, with stars in your eyes and uh, all sorts of wishful thinking about how good it's going to be. And unless you actually have a a plan or a purpose for your marriage on what it's going to look like or what the direction is that you want it to go, you're going to 
just drift along with what the culture says is is the way that a good that a marriage should be and so one of the things that we have learnt um, personally and what we try and encourage and, and teach others is what what's God's purpose and plan for marriage is and what that looks like and um, yeah. we're We've experienced that in our own lives and in our own marriage, haven't we, Jan? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, God has been the pivotal point, like you envision a, a triangle, God at the top and you, the two of you at the other two points, and as you grow closer to God, you actually grow closer together. I and love for that. me, Yeah, I love yeah that. and for me personally, I, I know without doubt that it is God, the Spirit of God working in me that is changing me and that helps me to be the woman of God that he would have me be and the wife that Warren would have. Mm. And that's God's plan. That's God's work. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to let go of that for anything because I know what I'm like without him. <laughs> mm. I don't want to be that again. <laughs> that, that's such a beautiful picture of you know that triangle, as you mentioned, with God at the, the yep. top point and then both of us, husband and wife, on each corner point. and mm, as you yeah. grow closer to god you go closer together yeah and and mm. for any and who doesn't want to be closer to god and to each that's other that's right yeah that's yeah. exactly right yeah and mm. in interest of full disclosure i should say that you were brought here today by our friends peter and lynn menhennett who yeah. have also been involved with marriage been ministry our mentors actually and your mentors for many in our years training. that's and right years ago my wife Jean and i also spoke mm. at conferences together and i first heard your story at a marriage conference training that we went to together, I think in about 2008. Yeah. That's right. And I had been wanting to hear your story for all these years, so I'm finally so happy that we got you in the studio and able to hear your story. Mm. Lastly, I know there's some exciting things, briefly, that your children are doing, because so, the, the legacy is continuing, and, yeah. and legacy is an important thing as far as your marriage. You, you mm. do leave a legacy with your children. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So look, they're they're all on their own individual journeys, uh, but uh, one of our sons has taken a specific interest in Christian apologetics. Um, it's Jordan, and he trained as a uh, a chemical engineer first, uh, and worked for a year or two, and then he uh, he decided there would be more money in doing Christian apologetics. <laughs> 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 yes, uh, <no>. well, <laughs> he's storing, storing up his riches somewhere. Riches <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> and so there was a course that was run by uh, uh, Ravi Zachariah Ministries over in yes. uh, in Oxford. Mm -hmm. And so he prestigious Oxford yeah, College in yeah, England. Wow. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, and uh, he went over there. He he sold all his earthly possessions. Wow! Oh, see, he was serious. Uh, yeah. to actually fund it to go over there, and yeah. um, so he was fair income about it. Yeah. So he did that course, and then he came back and uh, has done a a three years um, you know, masters of divinity at uh, local um, Trinity, Trinity yeah. Bible College to complete his theological training, and uh, he's now employed by. Ravi Zachariah Ministries and uh, travels all around Southeast Asia and interstate and wow he's been back to the UK since then to be involved in yeah. in talks so talks um, with at universities and camps with a lot yeah. of young people throwing a lot of questions at him and yeah. he's learned how and what to be able like, to what was he like as a teenager Jan, oh. to you oh 
he could argue the leg off a flipping chair. And <laughs> I tell you what. He's now arguing for the Lord. He, he is. I think the Lord's got a wonderful sense of humor. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Where does he get that from? <laughs> arguing? Probably me. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, now, we'll try to see if we can get him on on a future program. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that uh, I was persistent and never gave up hope that we could get you in the studio to record your stories and have this chat today. Thank you so much for sharing your life story. Well, it's been a wonderful privilege. Thank you very much. Yeah. Not threatening at all, Eric. <laughs> well yeah. done. Thanks a lot. That was Eric Scatterbo chatting with Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth, Western Australia. And it's great to hear that their legacy is continuing through their children, with one of them being heavily involved in apologetics, which is the defence of the Christian faith. And to think it all started off when they met at her brother Adrian's funeral. It's amazing how God works through all kinds of events in our lives. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I went back to school at 38. Did, did grade 11. Halfway through grade 11, I pulled the pin and went back driving trucks. Um, but then God kept challenging me, saying, oh, yeah, seek ye first my kingdom, not the kingdom of trucks. You've been there long enough. So then I went back the second year and finished grade 11 and then went on to grade 12. By this time, me and my eldest son, Darren, were in the same class. And I got better marks than him too, eh? Pastor Barry Hayho from Mackay is a dinky-dye Aussie bloke who has had to overcome his share of challenges in his life. But he has never turned back from his desire to help the downtrodden in society. We'll hear his colourful story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand. Or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.